there was this city slicker that had been reading all about organic living, and, and so he thought he was going to try it himself. He came across an article about chicken farming, and he thought, that's what I want to do. So he bought some property out in the country, went to the closest farmer and said, excuse me, sir, do you have any chicks for sale? The farmer said, well, yes, I do. He said, how many would you like? He said, give me 100. The guy said, 100? The hundreds a lot. Chicks aren't easy to raise. How about you just give you a few? Well, the city slicker knows you don't start small. You go big or you go home. And he says, no, I need to have a hundred. So the farmer sold him a hundred chicks. The man comes back to the farmer several weeks later and says, uh, do you have any more chicks per chance? And the farmer said, well, sure I do. He says, why? And he says, well, all my chicks died. He said, they died. Are you serious? He said, yeah, I need another hundred chicks and I need them right now. He said, well, I can give you another hundred chicks, but how about we just give you a dozen or so? The city slicker thinking, no, I need a hundred chicks, man. I need to do this right. Just give me another chance. And so the farmer, against his own good judgment, said, okay, I'll give you another hundred chicks. Several weeks later, the man comes back to the farmer again. And the farmer says, hey, how's that chicken farm going? Well, it's not going too well. The second batch died. The farmer said, are you kidding me? I have never had a problem with my chickens let alone all of them dying and dying twice? Do you need some help? What is going on? And the, and the city slicker looked at the farmer and says, I don't know. I can't figure it out. I don't know if I'm burying them too deep or too close to each other. This is Happy Life Studios. This message is for you. This message is for you. This message is singular to you. It's not for anybody else. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to get. It's not hard to understand. Hey. Does the sun set high? Does the sun set high? Welcome to Happy Life Studios. Hey, are you happy? If you're not, then why? If you're not, then why? We're here to help your life be happier. <laughs> What's up, happy lifers? <laughs> I said the joke for a purpose, right? I said the joke because I, I want to talk today about a principle that you, you harvest what you plant. Um, I don't know if you know this or not. That actually came from the Bible. We've been saying that for so long. I don't know if people realize that, but uh, it says you reap what you sow, you harvest what you plant. The Bible is full of God using illustrations and art and poetry and things like that because God's a creative God. And so here he's taking a principle. It makes sense, right? If you plant apple seeds, you don't get a pear tree. In fact, the, the, the scripture says in Galatians chapter six, verse number seven, do not be deceived. God will not be mocked. Whatever a man sows that he will also reap. Well, now he's going to take that physical principle and turn it spiritual. He's going to turn it emotional. He's going to turn it relational here because he says in the next verse, for he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. What the heck? Huh? What the heck? Right. <laughs> that, that's some potent words there, but I like how the message translation words it, okay? Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8 says this, Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. And now he's going to turn it into, like I said, relational, emotional, spiritual here. Now he turns it and he says, the person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, 
that's what selfishness is. I mean, when I'm focusing on myself, I'm not focusing on other people. The more I focus on myself, the less I focus on other people. If I focus on myself a little bit, other people can be in the picture. But the more I turn inward and think about myself, pride does that. But you know what also does that? Insecurity does that. Discouragement does that. Sadness does that. That's why it's so important that we get a handle on happy life. Because when I'm happy, I think about others a lot more than when I'm sad. And when I'm insecure and all these different things. So, but he says the person who plants selfishness is basically ignoring the needs of others. But then there's a dash there, ignoring God, exclamation point. So it says the person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, harvest a crop of weeds. Hold on a second. I'm not ignoring God here. Well, according to this passage, when I'm ignoring others' needs, I am ignoring God. Dude, that's... That's a powerful punch right there. I don't know if I'd like that, honestly, but it sure helps me go, wait a minute, God help me to be selfless, not selfish, to think about others before I think about myself. If we ignore the needs of others, we're ignoring God. And then it says we will harvest a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds, exclamation point. Man, I don't want that. I don't want to be selfish. Because I don't want to ignore others. Mostly, I don't want to ignore God. Hello. So when we treat people less than ourselves, that's how we treat God. Because the scripture says, the Bible says that whatever you've done unto the least of these, you've done unto me. Those are God's words there. So when he's saying when you ignore others, you're ignoring me. When you're blessing others, you're blessing me. Whatever you do for the least of these, whatever you do for others is what you're doing for me. So all we'll have to show for our life if we ignore others is weeds. And then he goes on to say in verse 8, but the one who plants in response to God. Now that's a ticket right there. It's not just about doing nice things. It's not just about helping everybody because we can't help everybody. It's... You reap what you sow in response to God, what God is telling you to do. That's what Jesus did. You know, there's another verse in the Bible in Acts chapter 2. I believe it's verse 49, somewhere around on there. It says, Jesus says, I'm about my father's business. It's very interesting. Jesus was just a kid when he said that there. His parents had just gone to Jerusalem for the Passover, a big old Jewish celebration. And they brought Jesus with them, and then they all left. But when they, they would travel in a great big, huge group, so this, otherwise this would sound really bad if I don't set that up, but they'd travel with just dozens, if not hundreds. It would just be a large crowd of families, relatives, friends, neighbors, all that type of stuff. So they've been traveling a day. It gets to be nighttime. They're going to find Jesus hanging out with all his buddies, right? So it's time to go to bed, you know. Uh, my mom would always blow a, a whistle. That was so embarrassing. <laughs> she would blow a whistle at the top of her lungs. Rod and Carrie, if you're listening, you know what I'm talking about, right? And like all the all my friends would would laugh at me, you know. But they're basically blowing the whistle, going, "Where is Jesus?" So they they can't find him. They find all Jesus's friends and and their families. They, we don't we haven't seen him all day. What are you kidding me? So now they have to travel a whole day's journey back to Jerusalem to find Jesus. 
when they get to him, they were angry. They were frustrated. I mean, I lost my son once. My wife and I took our son to the Washington State Fair. And we turn around for a second. You know how fast I can be. And he's gone. Well, there's cotton candy. There's rides there. And he's just a young kid. Well, man, he's just gone. And we felt horrible. You feel like a terrible parent, you know. And we're looking for him. And, and we're running. We're panicking. And when you see him, oh, the feeling in your heart is just so... Thank you, God. He's he's alive. He's still here, you know. But then the very next thought that comes out of your mouth is like, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Right? It says here in, in uh, verse number 48 of Luke chapter 2, Mary said, his mother said, young man, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been half out of our minds looking for you. And Jesus replies with in verse 49, why are you looking for me? Didn't you know that I had to be here dealing with the things of my father? And it says they had no idea what he was talking about. <laughs> he was in the temple courts when they found him. And all the spiritual leaders, all the pastors of the day and the priests of the day were sitting around mesmerized by what he was teaching them. They said, man, this guy is sharp. This kid is sharp. He's just a kid. But how does he know all this stuff? Well, he knows it because he was being led by God, the father. But mom and dad had no idea what he was even talking about. So he started off as a kid saying that. But then later on, I don't think he healed every sick person that was there. He healed the people that that the father wanted healed at that moment. God's got a plan for every one of us. He's got a plan for not only how we're going to live our lives and when healing is going to come or if healing is going to come or if God has another plan for us. He's bigger than all that. I don't know all the answers there. Um, but he also has a plan for the people. We talked about it the other week, two weeks ago, about he, ra- he made Eve as a helpmate for Adam. He made every one of us to be a helper for somebody. So if I just start trying to help everyone in the world, number one, I don't have the emotional energy to do that. I don't have the financial resources to do that. Even the richest man in the world doesn't have enough the financial resources to help everybody. And sometimes people don't always need money. Sometimes we got to teach them how to fish, not just give them fish. You know what I'm talking about? Um, so God knows what we need. I don't know all that. And he's got a plan. He's ordained our, our steps. The Bible also says that, that man makes his plans, but God ordains his steps. But he would do what his father would tell him to do. He was about his father's business. So he would be led by God because God knows who needs to help who and when and where and what kind of help they need. That's way beyond my pay grade. That's way out of my wheelhouse. That's way out of my comfort zone. I don't know, but God knows. So if I wake up in the morning, I say, God, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? And I let him lead me. A happy life was telling me months ago, that he was on his way to the gas station and he always goes to this one gas station and he was out for a walk and all of a sudden he felt like, no, I'm going to go this way instead. He went to a different gas station for some reason, didn't know why he was going there, just felt like he should. This guy is kind of impulsive and, and he followed his heart. And when he got to the other gas station, he ran into some people that had, they were, they were desperate, man. And he happened to have the resources that they needed. But if he just would have went with the normal flow, just his life and not pay attention, but as he felt like his gut was telling him to go somewhere else. That was God guiding him. Because when he got there, there was a couple there that needed his help. And so that's why it's important to not just go and try to help everybody, but to say, God, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Who do you want me to help? Who do you want me to bless? But see, Mary and Joseph had no idea what he was talking about, about your father's business. What's that about? And a lot of us never think about that either. But God made us to be about his business. 
God has a business and it's to help people. And God wants to use other people to do it. That's why God gives you resources. It might not be money. You're like, I don't have resources. I'm poor. Well, do you know how to encourage? Do you know how to make somebody laugh? Do you know how to mow a lawn? Do you know how to cook? Do you know how to host? I mean, every one of us know how to do something well. Do you know how to crochet? Do you know how to make a blanket? Do you know how to, I mean, there's more ways to help than just financially. And so God wants to use us to be a helper. So it's a good to go right back to that. God, what, what do you want us to do? Who do you want us to bless? To bless in response to God, but the one who plants in response to God, not just the one who plants but the one who plants in response to God, Galatians 6, 8, letting God's spirit do the work in him, harvest a crop of real life, eternal life. That's happy life, right? I harvest a crop of happy life if God's spirit does the work in me. God's spirit does the work in me when I, re, when I plant in response to what God is telling me, where God has taken me, where God is guiding me. I got to get real with you here, like I don't, right? You know, you know, I always get real with you guys because I just think that that's what helps. I think we got to get real with each other to help each other, right? And to get help from each other. But I have to tell you, recently, it's been tough for me. I've really been going through it in the last several weeks. I've been worn out and I've been beat up and I've been fighting this thing and I just can't seem to get out of this. I don't know what to do. I mean... When you start planning in response to God and doing what God wants you to do, it'll wear you out. I'm telling you, the spiritual world is bigger than the physical world, and God uses physical things like planting seeds to to take us to a spiritual place, which is planting happy, right? And so um, it's hard to me to to plant in response to God when I'm discouraged, when I'm down, when I'm weary. When I'm sad, it's hard to hear God's voice. So you hear God's voice and then you doubt it. Insecurity rises up. And and I've had a hardest time shaking this thing. And I've been in a battle. And that's what happy life looks like sometimes. And I've been in that season of God, I give you my sadness. I give this to you. I'm struggling. Help me, God. Help me. And he's done little things here and there to help me. And day by day, he gets me through. But it has been really difficult. And honestly, I don't even know what to do. There have been days I'm like, I wake up and I don't know what to do. So I was asking my wife, which podcast idea should I, because I got about a dozen podcast ideas and I, I was just, I'm so worn out. I don't even know what to think anymore. And my wife said, well, just throw the ideas by me. And this was one of them. She said, you need to do that one. I said, really? Why? And she says, well, because you've really been going through it and uh, you don't even know what to do. You don't even know what to plant. You, you don't even, you know, sometimes, you know, when you, when you're a farmer and you plant something, you just know that it's going to grow up. You just know that the seed is going to burst through the soil. You just know that the wheat's going to grow sooner or later. A, a, a farmer doesn't sit there and stare at the at the fields, but sometimes after a few weeks and nothing comes up, you get a little concerned, right? And I've been all I've been doing in my planting and trying to give to people, but I haven't seen any results of it. I haven't been seeing anything coming through the soil, and it's been discouraging. And sometimes you plant and you don't see what happens. Sometimes somebody else gets to harvest what you plant. I was at, at a Starbucks once and I was with my buddy and uh, he said, boy, she's not having a good day. I said, who isn't having a good day? And he said, the bre-, he looked up there and I saw the breast and she was not happy. She was crabby. And breasts usually aren't that way. And I said, just something came out of me. It, I was planting in response to God is what happened because something came out of me. I said, oh, we're going to change that. Yeah, I'm going to make her laugh. 
So I get up there and I say something funny. I don't even remember what I said. And she just laughed. Well, now I'm hanging out with my buddy. We're getting ready to leave. And he says, hey, check it out, Steve. And I said, what? And he, he nods his head over to the barista again. I look back and she is just laughing away. She's happy. She wasn't the same barista that when we got our coffee a while back, she was a different person. Well, other people were harvesting her joy because I planted joy in her. Does that make sense? And sometimes you don't even see what your works do, what your encouragement does. Sometimes you don't even see that somebody else sees it. But when you harvest what you plant, you will get happy back. It might come from someone else. It might not come. It never says you're going to get it from that person that you planted happy to, that person you planted hope in, that person you planted peace in. You might not get peace back from that person, but you're going to get back from somewhere because God will not be mocked. No one makes a fool of God. Don't be misled. What a person plants, he will harvest. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. So I asked my wife, and she said, you need to do that because you need to tell them that you're really, you're not seeing, you're, you're planting, but you're not seeing a whole lot of harvest. And sometimes that's the way it is. And I thought, I never thought about this that way. I was just going to talk about being led in response to God, planting in response to God, but I never thought about that. And then when I looked up the scripture and read it, the very next verses talk about what she just said. She took that scripture and took it a whole other angle that I had no idea that I was going to go that way. Then all of a sudden, verse number nine says, so let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, that's the important part. Not always immediately, but at the right time, we will harvest a good crop. Come on, say it with me. At the right time, we will, I will, say it, I will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. <laughs> I can't believe that was the very next verse. And my wife was like, you should t- take it from this angle. And then I'm, I look it up. I'm like, oh my goodness, that, that's how God works. That's how God leads me. That's how God speaks to me and speaks to us. When I, we say we hear God's voice or God leads us, that's really what we're talking about. Things like this happen, you're like, whoa, wait a minute. So to be honest, right now, I, don't, I can't necessarily plant a response to God. I don't, I don't know who to go to particularly because I don't, I'm having a hard time hearing his voice when I'm discouraged, when I'm sad, when I'm angry, when I'm depressed, um, when I'm insecure. It's really hard for me to hear to be led by God. And and sometimes when I when God tries to lead me, I just I think it's me, you know. And it and it's so hard to be led by God. And so right now I don't know exactly how to plant in response to God precisely, right? Exactly what God wants me to do. But all I know is to not give up. Don't go weary, one translation says, in doing good. You got to keep doing good. And if you're going through a season like I am right now, don't you quit. Don't you quit. You keep doing good. If you don't know exactly who to help and you, you can't be led by Jesus was by be about your father's business. When you bless people, you're about your father's business. God is all about blessing people. So when I ignore the needs of others, I ignore God. And when I ignore the needs of others, I ignore God, I harvest weeds. All my life shows for itself is a bunch of weeds. But if I plant in response to God, letting God's spirit do the work in him. See, that's the key. The very next line, letting God's spirit, verse eight, letting God's spirit do the work. That person harvests a crop, it says, of real life, eternal life, happy life. That's what happy life is, real life. And if we let God's spirit do the work in us and we let God's spirit do the working in us by planning in response to God, by not being selfish, 
then we harvest a life, a happy life. And if we don't get fatigued in doing good, if we don't stop doing good, sometimes if we just don't quit at the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit. So a happy lifer. I don't know if you're in the situation where, man, you want God to guide you and to lead you and to, to, to bless people specifically. Like you might go on, on social media and see someone who's talking about a need. Well, maybe you can encourage them. Maybe you can send them something, right? Um, maybe some of you need to, to say, God, I'm sorry for being selfish. Help me not to be selfish. Or God, help me to plant in response to you. I want you to lead me like you led Jesus. I want to be about God the Father's business. I want to be a businessman like Jesus was, and I want to do what God is telling me to do. Or maybe some of you are just so worn out, just so beat up, just so discouraged. Your role is to God, help me not to quit. Help me to keep doing good. Steve Ace.